welcome to this week's sermon from C3 Church Narara. We hope you enjoy this message from Pastor Chris Brown. For more information or to contact us, visit c3church.narara.net. We're celebrating and um, we've had a great service already but I want to come around uh, a few things in God's Word uh, because at the centre of our celebration obviously is the Lord. Uh, you know, it's all about Him, uh, why we get together, why we even get out of bed, why we gather and, and worship and serve and uh, and it's, you know, it's all about the Lord uh, and around Him we build a community of faith, hope and love and uh, it's not just a, a cute catch cry as we've got out on our courtyard wall, it's, it's in the scriptures obviously, uh, wonderful principles that we build around and we build with brothers and sisters in Christ. So, you know, we celebrate the Lord today but we also celebrate each other and particularly servanthood. So I just want to consider that, what that looks like in our lives because the Bible's full of passages and promises about doing life together you know like it's easy to get isolated in in today's society some people are just in their room gaming or working or you know relationships have become fractured and they're too difficult and and some people are sadly disconnected from others uh and yet that's not god's best god's calling god's will we're better together and, uh, and we're better serving. And so I just want to look at that and look at some scriptures about that. Uh, and you've heard it said before that it's, it's good to be part of something bigger than yourself. And again, that's a challenge because it's easy just to focus on yourself, but it is life is bigger and richer and more challenging perhaps sometimes, but also more fulfilling when you connect with others and, and a part of something that stretches you or takes you out of your comfort zone or or calls you to commit and, and draws something out of you and and yet the people that we celebrate today have exactly responded to that calling rather than just stay at home or stay in their comfort zone and we're better for it so um, look at a couple of scriptures uh, with me uh, here's one in Deuteronomy uh, is it 12 or is it 32 I'll have to use these to find out 32, there it is, Deuteronomy 32 verse 30. Isn't this a fascinating uh, passage? How could one man chase a thousand or two put 10,000 to flight unless their rock had sold them, unless the Lord had given them up? So the rock uh, representing God uh, here, Israel was always fighting against enemies to maintain their position, to maintain their their land, nothing's changed. Uh, and, uh, and with God, they would achieve incredible results and still do against all the odds. And look at the odds. Look at the, the, the maths here. Just one soldier with God on their side could defeat a thousand soldiers on the other side. Now, Hudson, as you know, we said up here, he's been in the army. You can talk to him afterwards about those sort of odds. You know, he might have some Anzac stories of, you know, one guy taking on 10 of the enemy and, you know, maybe there's some historical examples of 20 or 50 or one bloke up against, who knows, maybe 100. But a 1,000? 
one versus a thousand, that's, that's kind of incredible, literally hard to believe. But with God, all things are possible. And the story of David, David and Goliath shows that, that, you know, Goliath and everyone was out there and then just one little pipsqueak guy, but he said, I've got trust in the Lord and I'm going to bring you down. And he did. Great story to unpack the fulfilment of that. But then look, the maths gets even crazier because look what happens when you shift the equation to have two soldiers together. It's not just twice as effective, is it? It's 10 times more effective. So one takes a thousand. That's like, wow, that's incredible. I guess two with God's help would take 2,000, 1,000 each. That would be, but hang on, something happens when two people are together. It's 10,000. And you know, this is true. You will see this in your working life when you've got people working together on a project, combining minds or at uni or at school, when you've got some project and you're brainstorming with other people, it's not just one person figuring it out, but others helping, rubbing minds together and ideas and concepts. Sport is a classic example where you've got maybe one superstar, but is often not nearly as effective as a team of regulars who work together really well. And there's a lot of ups and downs and tragic stories and amazing stories of teams that have had all sorts of star players. American basketball comes to mind, you know, for many, many years. I remember my friend, a Russian friend who uh, I sat watching uh, the Olympics with him in Russia at some point. I was there for the Winter, Winter Olympics and he was watching the Russian ice hockey team and he, was, and he had played ho- ice hockey and was a very good skater and of course he understood the game and he was telling me about all these guys, they're all stars and they're all playing in the American and Canadian hockey leagues and they're incredible but they never played well together as a team and they didn't do so well. So teams, you know, working together, artistic collaboration, praying, serving God in ministry together, trivia, you know, anything just is better together than just on your own. Gardening. Okay, so let me tell you about our garden. 20 years ago, we moved into our um, home and, uh, and we had to plant out around the garden, a brand new, you know, house and uh, empty block of land. And my step-grandmother, <coughs> Dorothy, uh, known affectionately in our family as Doffy or Doff, uh, she came to visit and she was in her late 80s or early 90s and all she said was, you've overplanted. I'm like, well, thanks Doff, you know, I mean, <laughs> working pretty hard here uh, and we wanted to, you know, create screening and privacy so, so, so we had planted all these shrubs and plants. Just, you know, when the nursery says medium shrub, if it says Fertinia anything, it's going to be massive. Don't believe them when they say small to medium shrub. Everything gets big. So sure enough, Dorothy's words came to be proven correct. We had a few years, a little window of a couple of years where everything was perfect. And for the last 15 years, it's pruning. It's always chopping back these shrubs that are like ridiculous 10-metre trees and chopping, climbing. Around. And it gets harder and harder as you get older and the trees get taller. Unless you've got a young helper. And so Keelan, fortunately, in the last few years, well, since he was like five, send him up the tree. No, maybe not that young. But in the last few years, it's, it's just talk about two puts 10,000 trees to flight. This is this really, you know, I'm struggling. Sometimes I'm out there on my own, hacking, trying to get to the... When I got Keelan around, I was like, right, 
come here, monkey. Up you go. Here's your rope. Here's your saw. And I'm not talking like a few little pruning things. I'm talking about the full saw and I'm leaning on the rope, pulling it this way. Don't want to break the neighbor's roof because it's a huge crack, crack, crack. It's coming. Watch out, you know, and kills it. So it is, it is amazing how much more we get done. But then we had some trees that we had to attack and we got John, who's sadly not here this morning, John Middlehoff. Some of you may know John. He's worked as a horticulturalist and he's, you know, tough, wild guy. And so he comes along. I'm planning and looking at the trees with Keel and thinking, all right, now we're going to go up here. And, you know, and then we hear a chainsaw start. Oh, you brought a chainsaw. And like, oh, yeah, okay, well, we, I guess we could use that, John. And the next thing, the trees crack, 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 crack. He's just cutting away and like, watch out, here come the trees, you know. I kid you not, within 10 minutes, he was gone on his motorbike, boom. And the, the place was just surrounded in tree loppings and vegetation. All that. And it was like this whirlwind and then killer. And I would have been there for hours. And so it was frightening, uh, but fun, fast and furious. And we got the job done. Uh, and so, look, the point is, you do get things done a lot more effectively with other people. And it's more exciting, which is really my second point, but I'm getting ahead of myself. Let me just give you one more scripture about that, where Jesus talked about the power of people together. Uh, Matthew 18, verse 19. You may know. Um, oh, I should say also that the chain soaring, though effective, will probably take several years for the trees to grow back up again, because anyway, they're cut rather low. But uh, thank you anyway, John. Um, Jesus said, Matthew 18, verse 19, he says, Truly I tell you, if two of you on earth agree about anything they ask for, it will be done for them by my Father in heaven. Isn't that interesting? For where two or three gather in my, my name, there I am with them. So it's interesting that the promise of both God's presence and of answered prayer isn't given to an individual, but to two or three. And of course, Jesus, you, you walk with him on your own. We have a personal relationship with him, but his presence is more acutely manifest, more appreciated, more understood, more experienced. It's hard to put it into words completely, but something about being with other people and as much as we survived COVID and and it's been good for the church worldwide really God using it as a challenging season for churches to consider what is church really like if we can't have big productions and performances but just a community and zooming or talking or but there's still something about being physically with other people and the presence of God and the answered prayer the agreement of someone else's faith or perhaps their disagreement to help tweak what you're believing for because they might challenge you and say well what promise are you standing on how do you know you can pray for that oh, what do you mean well we need to agree we need to find some point of agreement which will be the word of god the promises of god oh okay well what can we agree on okay so then that can fuel and direct your faith and prayers together isn't it so you know the the, the christian faith it's personal but it's not individualistic it's, it's better in a community we need other people and uh and so the, you know my first point i guess is life is more effective with other people and the second point which i started to get onto is life is more enjoyable with other people because if you've ever seen a kid kicking a football in the park on their own it's not the same you see some young enthusiastic wannabe socceroo or rugby player if anyone's still 
bothers to follow the tragedy that was the Australian Wallabies. Uh, you know, and they're kicking around, probably all blacks painted. I don't blame them, you know. Any Aussies, just back the all blacks. Just Anyway, sorry. No, hold the faith. All right, we'll be, we'll, we'll be back one day. Uh, and, uh, you know, you see them kicking around and it's just not that much fun on their own. Kicking, going to get it, kicking it back. But if they've got a mate, oh, you can kick to each other. If you've got a few mates, you play forcings back. Or you can play three on three and then you've got to, and then who knows, you get 20, you've got to, Two full teams, and so the, the more the merrier, as they say. Uh, and you have no doubt experienced this in your life. I remember um, uh, backpacking as a 20-year-old around Thailand, and I'd done some teaching in Bangkok, and then off I went, and, uh, you know, living the dream, as they say, and I hired a motorbike. I remember I was on Koh Samui, an island that is now overrun by tourists, uh, because they put an airport in and, and everyone discovered Thailand. But this is the early 80s and no one was on Koh Samui except the locals and naked Germans and not many of them. And, and I mean literally, you know, just some very confronting German scenes, uh, you know, <laughs> around the bungalows. Just beautiful food. I hide a motorbike. I'm riding on trails and roads. No one's on. And then meeting some of the locals and it's idyllic sunsets and all this... And I'm thinking, yeah, but it was kind of boring, sad and lonely. And I remember thinking, this is what's supposed to be awesome, but there's something missing and that's other people. You know, someone to share it with. And I, I, I just remember thinking, this, wow, I'm supposed to say it doesn't get any better than this. And yet I thought, no, I don't think I want to do much more of this. And, uh, and so I came back to Australia, went to Bridal College, Bible College, and, uh, and the rest is history, you know. I was there yesterday, their 40th uh, celebration year of 40 years of the Bible College that, uh, in Pastor Phil's church. And, uh, and, and they, of course, someone was making the same joke. So-and-so got engaged this year, Bridal College. And I couldn't really complain when Eleanor said, oh, I've met this guy, you know, because it was at Bible College and he's turned out all right. And, uh, and so, uh, you know, uh, that's where I, I came back, to be in the house of God, to be with people, to get alongside other people. Uh, look what Romans 12 verse 5 says. In Christ, I mean, this is a huge subject to consider and explore, both in passages in Corinthians and Romans, but here it is, the body of Christ. In Christ, this is just one verse, we, though many, form one body, and each member belongs to all the others. And that's just, like I said, a little picture of that passage and another long, detailed passage all about the body of Christ and how it works together and what it is. And it's not just an analogy or a metaphor, it's a spiritual reality. We, we are the body of Christ. It, it, it's a spiritual entity and Christ is the head and we've all got different parts to play. And we, look at that, we, we belong. I'm, I'm glad my legs feel like they belong to my body. And don't just run off. The rest of us would be stuck, you know? Like, oh, what are we going to do? I can't do anything. The legs have decided to trip off somewhere else. Great, I'm stuck here. You know, but they belong. And the rest of the body is glad that they're sticking around and taking us places. And then they hands do something. And hopefully there's something up in here that, you know, and it all, it all works together. The body, the human body is amazing. All works together. And Christ's body is amazing. And we all belong to each other. We need each other. And so we're created for connection with other people. And uh, it's a very compelling image, isn't it? 
a body and, and the body of Christ. And so it's a lot more fun. And like I said, a body is a lot more fun working together than little bits separated or not working together. And then, of course, thirdly, so, you know, we're, we're effective together. We're, we, we enjoy life more together. But this is the real kicker. We're at our best when we are serving, serving God and serving other people humbling ourselves, living, this is, this is the real challenge. And this is the classic example of, you know, that passage in Isaiah where God says, my ways are higher than your ways. God's ways are different, but better than the ways of the world, the ways of our carnality, our natural inclination. Because naturally, it's easy to think, oh yeah, life's more fun with others and life can be more effective with others. But with this whole thing of laying down my life or serving or being humble or, or, or I, no, I don't know about that. I just want to chase after fun. I just want to do what's nice for me. And if someone else is along for the ride, that's, that's cool. That's great. And, and there's nothing wrong with that, looking for some sort of entertainment or replenishing your soul, you know, going to the theatre with friends or enjoying some sport or leisurely pastime it's better with other people and more fun that's all good but this is getting a little deeper and we are called to this place of sacrifice a place of servanthood and and that's kind of where the rubber hits the road isn't it for a christian to to really live differently than than just tagging on church life and christian habits to our otherwise selfish pursuits because Look, we all agree Jesus lived a perfect life, yes? And that we should emulate whatever he did in order to live a great life. Well, how did he live? He lived as a servant. He was humble. He was selfless. He's, he considered the needs of others all the time. He gave himself to other people rather than thinking of himself or deal-making, negotiating, networking, thinking, all right, I'll give you this on the condition that I get that back. There's a lot of that going on in the world. No, no, he just loved and gave unconditionally. And, you know, the story at one point, the disciples, he caught them talking about who was going to score the biggest rewards in heaven, who was going to sit next to Jesus, because they're like, guys, we're on the end. This is like we are on the base ground level of a startup. You know, we've, we've got the initial, we're the guys in the garage that put the 20 bucks in for Amazon or whatever. You know, this thing's going to go off. And we are, it's only 12 of us. And I've got, not sure about Judas. He might be out. It's only <laughs> so you, we got a great opportunity. And two brothers, James and John, it's Mark chapter 10, I think. And, um, and, and they, they're saying, look, I reckon, uh, you know, I, I'm going to get a big reward. I'm going to sit next to Jesus in heaven. And, and, and the others are debating this. And, and Jesus catches them fighting over this and basically says, guys, 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 you've got it all wrong. <laughs> and he says, even I, the son of man, the one that is at the top of the pile, if you want to look at it that way, who's the, you know, the, the top of the pyramid, the hierarchy, the, I'm the CEO and the COO and the CFO I'm the, of all of them. Oh, yeah. Even I did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. And, and, and so he's saying, this is the way you should live. Don't call yourself a lord and a leader, but be a servant. And so, wow, that's kind of challenging, isn't it? And one last scripture, Paul reflects on that principle, the life 
not just principle, reality of how Jesus lived and wrote to the Philippians and for our benefit, unpacking that, look at Philippians 2. You probably know this passage. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourselves. Not looking to your own interests, but each of you to the interests of the others. In your relationships with one another, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus, who, being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a, what is it? Servant being made in human likeness. And of course, it goes on talking about the full extent of his servant mindset, servant heart, servant life, because he laid his life down on the cross, gave himself as a sacrifice for us. So your greatest life is not found in making more money, getting that promotion, getting more followers and friends on social media, achieving that dream that you've got burning in that sense of selfish direction and ambition and, and getting those accomplishments recognised by the world around you. All those pursuits is what the world's all about and what can easily seep into our motivations and attitudes. But Jesus, radically different. Your greatest life is found by laying it down, by just humbling ourselves, taking up our own cross, dying to self and then finding the life that God gives us back through humility, servanthood and sacrifice before God, yeah? And so when we follow in the footsteps of Jesus, then he can guide us, form us and bless us and we get life God's way, which is better than the way we would figure it out all by ourselves. And so that's the journey of servanthood to a rich, full life of happiness, peace, joy, and purpose. Amen? And so that's my encouragement just as a reminder of some of those verses on this day of celebration that we celebrate servanthood and we continue to run with that in our heart as a motivation. And of course, it doesn't come naturally, but it does come to us when we are praying before the Lord. And if we pray, you know, you can talk to God and call it prayer, but real prayer is when you're not just talking, not just sending out demands or requests or complaints but you are just quiet humble open reflective and responsive to what the Lord's saying and when we position and kind of posture ourselves that way wow then we are led to these sort of attitudes of going wow Lord I I I will live for you I will lay that down I will I will commit to you I will be a servant you know and and that's when we live our best life praise him come on 1129 bang not that I'm into punctuality at all thank you come on let's pray and then oh we've got food I think we've got sausage rolls out there and cake a beautiful cake uh, and of course coffee meet someone mingle and uh, enjoy the fellowship Uh, and of course don't forget take some of these Christmas uh, invitations for people come on let's pray Father we thank you we celebrate today we love you we thank you for a great spirit of celebration of of our lives and our our opportunity to serve you to live at the highest level by laying our life down to to seek after you and seek after what you call us to and I pray each one of us would be able to figure out 
What does that look like for us? How can we serve you in our church, in our community, in our family, in our workplace, with our whole lives? And as a result, we just have this richer, rewarding life. We thank you, Lord God, for the model you've given us, Lord Jesus, to follow in serving. And we thank you for our journeys and how that plays out in our lives. Your touch on every life here today, I pray. Jesus. Amen. Praise the Lord. We hope you've enjoyed this week's sermon. For more information or to contact us, visit c3church.narara.net. Jesus